0: This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska.
1: You guys. Hi, this is Jamal Igel, artist of note, and you're listening to the two-headed nerd comic cast with Joe and Matt. That was excellent, excellent sort of break it, break it down. Because like
2: I have limited it. hard drive
0: space and nobody cares. Welcome to episode 70 of THN, where we are talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, June 11th.
2: 70 damn episodes. Congrats, Matt. Seventy. And we are reading... It doesn't feel an episode over 900. It really doesn't,
0: right? (laughs) And we're reading your answers to the question of the week that we posted on Facebook and Twitter before the show. My name is Matt Baum, and when I'm not giggling like a corrupt Roman ruler while watching the gladiators in the arena that is the great Twitter Donnybrook of 2012,
2: (laughs) ongoing, I'm writing about and appraising comics for workpoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick, artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online, and when I'm not trying to raise the level of discourse of the Donnybrook while nervously watching my cackling co-host, I'm the manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska.
0: This week, you'll hear reviews of Spider-Man, number one, and the massive number one. After that, we'll review ten comics in a whirling dervish we call the ludicrous speed round, and then we'll pay a visit to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum to discuss the future of next week's comics, and finally... The comic pushers are back, slinging highly addictive comic book crack, but before we get to all the allegations and insinuations, let's take a second to set the record straight. Even though Lance Armstrong has terrible taste in women, we here at THN stand with him and don't buy these bogus doping charges for a
2: second. I get it.
0: You? You I'm with you. You don't like Shell Crow either? I, no.
2: I hate her. And then... We'll talk about this week's big news. Were you expecting a fight? I was going to make an Alanis Morissette joke implying I don't know the difference between the two. I see. One is fat. I... What? Can you hear the chorus of joyful fans rejoicing? I can hear them! The cries of finally... finally. ...ringing over the plains. It's here! Get ready, Matt. I'm ready. The stars are finally aligning and the universe is riding itself. I'm ready! Batman is finally meeting Superman in the Smallville universe. I'm
0: going to plug in a foghorn sound effect there.
2: In the pages of Smallville Season 11, the comic book. Wow. Though legal red tape kept the Cape crusader from meeting Tom Welling on the small screen, all bets are off now, and he won't be alone. This version of the Dark Knight will be partnered up with a female Nightwing whose identity is Will be familiar to fans of Brian Q. Miller's pre reboot Batgirl series, the probably. pre boot. Pre boot. Pre boot. Pre boot Batgirl series. (laughs) Of course, I'm talking about the probably retconned Stephanie Brown. (laughs) Batman and Nightwing will appear digitally in Smallville Season 11, number five, by writer Brian Q. Miller, with art by Chris Cross, who I love.
0: I do too, but he's proved no less than like three times not afraid to yell about the company that he's working for and how they're mistreating him. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. I love him, though.
2: The print version will follow in September. Matt, on the scale of...
0: Jimmy cracking corn and me not caring.
2: <laughs> Where do you fall?
0: I would say that the corn is cracked and I don't care. It, it, who cares? Uh, Brian, this is such a waste of Brian Q. Miller. He's a very talented guy. And having him on a fan fiction Smallville book, I, I just don't care. And... You know, is it interesting that Stephanie Brown is the sidekick and not named Robin? No, not at all. It's a little interesting. It's not interesting. If they want to make them sidekicks, like maybe they are a crime-fighting duo, not like dude and young girl, you know what I mean? That might be interesting if it's Batman and Nightwing, maybe. Maybe. But, well, maybe,
2: but maybe they are. It, maybe they are because they're, this is like super young. These guys are in their early 20s.
0: Yeah, maybe they are. I, but even so, guess what? I still don't care because it happens in the Smallville world well, and I hate friggin' Smallville and I would go on to argue that the experiment of releasing it digitally first and then releasing it in comic form has failed when issue one showed up on the sales charts at number 96 on the top 300. So this is not even a high selling book. This is a waste of time. It's Brian a reprint
2: by the time it gets to print
0: doesn't matter still stupid and who cares
2: i <laughs> don't care Dude, there you go give brian q miller a job comic That's what book I'm journalist map bomb it doesn't matter it's stupid
0: my point is this is a waste of brian q miller i don't care about smallville i know they well, can do whatever they want with this batman personally I'll, I'll i think ag- the stephanie brown thing is dumb but whatever
2: i'll agree with you that it's kind of a waste but he did work on the smallville tv show so he probably doesn't Treat it with the same indifference that you do. Well, I'm not saying it didn't
0: pay his bills. It probably did better than his Batgirl job, but what can you do?
2: My God, you're so dismissive.
0: Speaking of long-awaited returns, Valiant Entertainment has announced that another character will be making a comeback as part of their huge relaunch. <laughs> this time, however, the character will be appearing in another series rather than getting one of their own. Ninjack! returns in the pages yeah. of exo man of war number five we called this by the way a little while ago this september while no other details about this new version have been given
2: wait uh, breaking news whoop they did publish an interview with patrick Zercher, who is doing some of the covers
1: i love Patrick who Zurcher.
2: designed the new version there's a little bit more information i didn't get the chance to absorb it all but like we know the character's name and all that and still no mention of him getting his own series.
0: Well, they did make it sound like this is a much meaner, rougher, darker version of the ninjack that we know. There was a little blurb about X-O Manowar number five, and Ninja Act is sent to kill him. He's like one of the world's most deadly assassins and oh, everything. Man. And I tweeted at Valiant Comics, which they instantly retweet. You can say whatever you want and add Valiant Comics to it. They will retweet the hell out of it. And I said, this does not at all sound like the ninjack I remember. And they said, just you wait, buddy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm excited, though. I like it. You know, so far, Valiant's two for two. I, I think this is going to be fun. Whether or not Ninjak deserves his own series, let's find out. And I like that we're testing him in another book to see if we like him rather than just throwing him out there with the new
2: series. I don't think I've read a single page of ninjak in any of its in- incarnations.
0: I read the Kirby Usik Ninj- Cool. I read the Kirby one and the idea was kind of it was sort of like a Billy Batson type thing. It was a kid that got the was powers ninjak ninjak a ninjak. Video
2: game. I vaguely recall
0: it being something like that. Like he may have gotten the powers from a video game, but it was very much a Shazam Oof. Captain Marvel kind of thing. It wasn't very cool, but there's still there's no reason why you Guess what? All rules are off the table. It's a relaunch. Do whatever you want with Ninjack. Yeah. Make I mean, him cool.
2: I'm glad they're expanding the universe, bottom line. Sure. I, I, I want them to bring back these old properties and reinvigorate them, and if that means they need to test them, it's unrealistic to expect every character to get their own book. Sure. So, yeah. Bring Ninjack into XO. I'm all for it. I'm excited. And they're two for two so far. And so I love Patrick Zercher. I do, too. Finally, rumors of a huge post avx creative shift at Marvel, that's what we're calling AVX here at the Ziggurat, (laughs) Avix, have reached a fever pitch. According to BleedingCool.com, the Avengers vs. X-Men event will deliver on its promise of universe-altering changes, at least on the creative side of things, with a huge shakeup of writers and artists on a number of major titles. The departure of Brian Michael Bendis from the Avengers family and Jonathan Hickman from the Fantastic Four books has long since been confirmed, but now... It appears that Jason Aaron is preparing to wrap his run on The Incredible Hulk. Plus, there has been a persistent rumor that Matt Fraction and Salvador LaRocca will be exiting Invincible Iron Man. Bleeding Cool is now reporting where many of these creators will land after Avix shuffles the deck. Here are the biggest rumors. I love Avix. I love it. (laughs) And Jonathan Hickman and Asad Ribic will be taking over the Avengers for another long-term epic similar to Hickman's FF run. A new title called Astonishing
0: Avengers from Rick Remender and Jerome Opina. Mm. Where'd that team come from?
2: Uncanny X-Force. I know, I was kidding. <laughs> Kieran Gillen and Greg Land will be taking over the Iron Man book. Matt Fraction and Salvador LaRocca will be taking over Fantastic Four. Whoa. Yeah and Brian Michael Bendis will take over the X-Men family and will write both Uncanny X-Men and a relaunched X-Men which just saw a creative change this week with Brian Wood though Matt informs me to be fair it was always intended to be a short yeah four, he's like, right, four like four, issue four issues run. i think now Jason Aaron allegedly will stick with Wolverine and the X-Men
0: which he should
2: yes now other less concrete rumors include a potential takeover of Avengers Assemble by Mark Wade and the tying together of Bendis' ex-work with his long-rumored cosmic relaunch. It should be noted that there was no mention of fan-favorite books like New Avengers, Uncanny X-Force, and FF, or popular creators like Carlos Pacheco, Olivier Coipel, and Jimmy Chung in this flurry of hearsay. Now Matt, what do you think of these rumors, and is it possible that Avix will actually live <laughs> up to its hype?
0: <laughs> That's a whole nother question. As far as the rumors go, I'm going to start with the books that we didn't notice, like New Avengers, Uncanny x Force, the ones that weren't spoken about. I feel like... In the case of New Avengers, that book just doesn't exist without Brian Michael Bendis.
2: I don't want it to exist without yeah, Brian Michael Bendis. I, I don't think
0: it, it will be the book that we want to read without Bendis. Uncanny X Force—that's another book that I don't know if it could exist without Rick Remender. I don't know if anybody else could come on and do that.
2: But what? Do I want when to has go Marvel away? ever? When has any comic company ever had the good sense to stop a good thing? before it goes downhill
0: i mean i agree and as far as ff that's another storyline i feel like jonathan hickman has a fixed story FF that he's telling there end. and when he's done it will end yeah and it should because no one else is going to nail it like he is right now as far as the the changes go hickman and Ribbick on the avengers they have already proved that that works we've seen oh, that team on the ultimate avengers it looked great it read really well i think that will be Awesome.
2: But, you know, just the idea of Hickman like bringing his long term planning oh, yeah. to the Avengers family, holy smokes. And Mark Wade might actually get me to care about Avengers Assemble, if that's true.
0: And Astonishing Avengers from Reminder and Opinia, you got to wonder if Secret Avengers is going to go away as well. And Astonishing Avengers will be spun into that. You know, Maybe like new Avengers and Secret Avengers becomes Astonishing Avengers, which it should because, like I said, without Bendis, no new Avengers and Secret Avengers. Although it's been a fun read by Reminder, feels unnecessary. Yeah, it,
2: there are too many Avengers proper books. It
0: should just be Avengers and Astonishing Avengers. I'm fine with that. Kieran Gillen and Land taking over Iron Man, not worried at all. Kieran Gillen writes solid comics. I think it'd be really good. Greg Land, I worry a little bit about drawing the tech. I've gotten so used to Salvador Larocca. Drawing the coolest tech in that book. And I'm really going to miss him there. That said.
2: I think Greg Land will probably do a better job on a book where everybody is covered head to toe. So he doesn't have a lot of... Tracing of supermodels,
0: quite possibly. <laughs> uh, Fraction and Larocca, I'm not worried at all on Fantastic Four. I think that'll be great,
2: and I think it'll be certainly a different tone.
0: It, it I, and it could use it. I love Hickman's Fantastic Four, but it's been very story driven, not so much character driven. And I think Fraction is a good guy to come in and write more of that family aspect, write more of the character driven stuff, which is where I'm going next with X Men and Uncanny X Men. It has been good. I've been enjoying. Well. I did enjoy Uncanny a lot more before they relaunched it. I was loving what Gillen was doing with it. And then mm. they relaunched it, and now it's just kind of lost something. And when
2: I, Wolverine and Cyclops split, I think Uncanny X-Men kind of stopped being interesting.
0: I think what it lost was the character development. One of the best things about the X-Men were the characters. And if there's
2: one guy that can bring that back, that can nail it, it's Bendis. The idea of Bendis riding the Avengers in space, like, with the Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff, I, I'd i like to see that.
0: Re- you said the Avengers. You mean the X-Men.
2: I meant the X-Men. The X-Men in space teaming up with the Guardians of the Galaxy, I would really like to see that.
0: Well, that's total speculation. Of course
2: it is. And that would be That's cool. what we do here.
0: I'm more excited about Bendis just bringing the character element back to the X-Books that has not been there. The X-Men have been really, really story-driven for two or three years now and I need some character development I think that's why I I want a god
2: softball game
0: yes I totally agree and that's why I love Wolverine and the X-Men because it's a character driven book Jason Aaron is having a lot of fun writing those characters and it's a fun book I'm hoping Bendis can bring that magic too That is the big news for this week. If you'd like to discuss these stories or anything we missed, hit us up on our Facebook page where DJ and I are dealing with some rumor control of our own quashing stories about my wife guest hosting, John from the Burt Wieners podcast influencing the amount of porn jokes on the show, and me staging a fake reunion of an old band to cover my return to a sex addiction rehab center in northern Colorado.
2: So you're saying you've been there before?
0: No No comment. Before we get into our reviews, it's time to talk about our new question of the week format. Each week on Friday morning, we'll be posting a news-centric question on our Facebook slash Twitter and reading your answers on the show. This week's question was, with Bendis on the way out, who is your dream choice to take over the Avengers franchise? Joe, what are our lovely listeners
2: saying? Our first response comes from first-time responder Wade Lyles. Wade, welcome aboard. Yeah. He says, Joss Whedon. I like it. He does no wrong, though Uh, it's doubtful that he will.
0: I like it, but I think he's making a little more
2: money directing
0: the third most commercially (laughs) successful film of all time.
2: Uh, He also says Jeff Parker would be an interesting choice. Yes. If he could write uh, The Avengers anything similar to his Agents of Atlas run, uh, Wade would read every issue.
0: That would be fun. Yeah.
2: We also have a response here from Ryan Mount who uh, brings up Jonathan Hinkman. And he says, uh, for fear of losing him off of Daredevil, Mark Wade. If Wade could bring the fun and adventure of Daredevil into the Avengers, I would finally pick up a main Avengers title again. And I have to say, I agree. I totally agree. 100%. There was a time and place for Bendis' Avengers, but if Mark Wade can kind of recapture the old kind of camaraderie style of the classic Avengers, like the Bussiak Avengers. Or
0: the Avengers Forever Avengers that he wrote. I I would totally
2: love it. I would really love it.
0: It's review time again, where each week DJ and I wander into the THN comic orchard to pick two fresh new comics and check and see if they're rotten in the middle. Joey!
2: (laughs) Tell the kids about
1: what you read.
2: My pick for the week was spider Man number one from Marvel Comics by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Sarah Pacelli and colors by Justin Ponzer. I'd love to read you the solicit from Diamond, but the solicit... <laughs> it's just
0: too long. It's entirely too long. It was
2: literally just... <laughs> I believe it said word for word, the Marvel Universe changes here for forever. No, it or said something. this June, history will be made. Oh yes, this June, history will be made. Period. So, what we actually have here is the first installment of the controversial crossover between the Ultimate and the 616 Marvel Universes. For those not in the know, the 616 Marvel Universe is the mainstream Marvel Earth. That's just its designation in the multiverse.
0: Joe Patrick throws that term around a lot like everybody knows it.
2: Well, you know, I give our listeners a lot of credit.
0: I know
1: you do. I don't give them (laughs) s***.
2: Now, not... A whole lot happens in this first issue, which is pretty typical because it is written in Bendis's decompressed storytelling style. But none of it felt drawn out or padded. The writer takes his time and his usual knack for dialogue really just makes every page feel like breezy and fun.
0: Yeah, and you, you can really tell that he legitimately loves both these characters and he's having fun writing
2: this. It's true, and it's weird to think that... This is Bendis getting into the head of the 616 Peter Parker because usually all we get of this version from Bendis is a few lines of like quippy dialogue in the background of the Avengers titles. And
0: Bendis has never written.
2: I don't know that Bendis Parker, has right? ever really written the main Peter Parker at length.
0: I don't think he's ever touched him.
2: And so this was kind of refreshing outside Avengers. Well yeah. I mean right exactly. So yes, he has touched him. Not in a bad way, but Kind of in a bad way. All right. The art in this issue is just... It's simply stunning. Yeah, it's
0: Sarah Pacelli <laughs> really coming into her style, man. She
2: is a relative newcomer, but I feel like she's already at the top of her game. Her art is almost alive, and the body language she gives the characters really adds a lot to Bendis's dialogue. They work together so well to just make this whole package. The colors by Justin Ponzer, similarly uh, vibrant. They're beautiful, they really enhance Pacelli's work, and they don't overshadow it, which is very important for a colorist. We talk about it time and again. Especially
0: with her style, too. It could get really cartoony in the hands of the wrong colorist. We
2: talk about it all the time, a colorist. is like, man, the colorist chose good colors, but man, it's so heavy and murky and muddy. And this was perfect, visually perfect. Now, here's a slight spoiler, but Bendis himself... Revealed this before the book even shipped, so whatever.
0: They're both gay.
2: Mysterio is the villain here. His appearance in the issue really adds like a lot of potential story threads, and it really got my mind going. Since Mysterio can travel between universes, does that mean that the Ultimate Mysterio and this Mysterio are the same guy? I didn't really because there's that, there's a room where he's got like a bunch of costumes, a bunch of different Mysterio. Costumes. Let me
0: ask you this. Have we seen Mysterio do this before? No. I felt like this was brand new, and it kind of took me out of the story a little bit, because I thought to myself, first of all, I read The Ultimate Mysterio. He wasn't doing this. I've read The Normal Mysterio plenty of damn times, and I don't ever recall him doing anything like this,
2: But having he anything has, near this power set. It's technological, like some sort of apparatus. I'll give you that, but...
0: He also never had, like, the guy was
2: brilliant. Well, we don't know obviously. that he built it.
0: Okay, that's fair. I kind of just went, well, wait a minute. He's not that damn smart. You know, I mean, well, it he, seemed a little out of his range. I mean,
2: I think if you're going to. They
0: could have done something with the spot, where
1: the spot actually, you know, sure. threw out a spot and <laughs> jumped into the Marvel U. And,
2: oh, man, I don't know about and that. Peter went with him. But, I mean, if you're going to allow for the fact that Mysterio can come up with convincing illusions that fool even Spider-Man. Still,
0: that's not necessarily like, you know, trans-dimensional travel. I'm
2: saying if an entomologist can build the vision, or can build Ultron,
0: <laughs> then
2: maybe Mysterio's got some stuff. He's not just an
0: entomologist, sir. <laughs>
2: okay. Hank Pym. Moving on. Moving on. Now, uh, if Mysterio knows the identity of Ultimate Peter Parker like everyone else in that world, what does that mean for our Peter? So, like, it's stuff like that. The idea that that there could only be one Mysterio going back and forth, I just think that's super, like, a really fun idea.
0: I guess, but you've got to admit, this is the same type of stuff that you get pissed at Brian Michael Bendis for, when he just kind of forces something into continuity.
2: No, 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 no. I've heard you get pissed about this before. I know, but you're talking about something, like, long-held and traditional that Bendis ignores. Bendis created Ultimate Mysterio. I get it. But he, it could be he planned it from the start. That and they Ultimate were the Mysterio same person? has only been around since the book got relaunched. And I agree uh, with, with David Lafuente. I don't know. I feel like that's a. And again,
0: we don't know. We're surmising here. In, in but the I feel book, like that's a stretch.
2: In the book, Mysterio states that he's been around at least since just after Peter's death in Ultimate Spider Man. Sure. So, at least for several months, he's been running around the Ultimate Universe. Regardless, I'm interested. I'm excited to find out more. I was already excited for this series, for the potential, and I'm even more pumped for it after the first issue. I am I just can't wait to read more. I'm giving it a bite. This was a lot of fun. It was really
0: pretty to look at. I can't believe that I find myself on the Joe Patrick side of the argument going,
2: I don't know. I felt like you're not on the Joe Patrick side of the the argument kind of
0: twisted and
2: (laughs) smashed some stuff together. You're not on the Joe Patrick side of the argument. You're putting words in my mouth. I I just feel I, I don't know about that statement.
0: Yes. We'll go back and review the tape. You know what? You guys be the judge. Let me know. Am I wrong here? I liked it. I'm giving it a buy it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Ben just definitely cares about these characters, and when he loves a character, he writes the hell out of them. It's a lot of fun. Strong buy it for me, too.
2: It's one thing for a writer to ignore his own continuity. I I got it. I just felt like he was bending and
0: smashing some stuff a little bit. We'll see. All right. Tell us about what you read, Matt. This week, I read The Massive, number one from Dark Horse, written by Brian Wood with art by Christian Donaldson. Before we go on, tell me if this is a man or a woman. Hold, please. And obviously... Donaldson's a huge fan of the show, and he's, he or she is sitting at home going, you assholes. Christian Donaldson is a man, ladies and gentlemen. Here's your solicit. In post-war, post-crash, post-disaster, post-everything world, the environmental action trawler Capital, spelled with a K, scours the Earth's oceans for its mysteriously missing sister ship, the Massive. Captain Callum Israel, a man who has dedicated his life to the ocean, now must ask himself, as our planet dies what it means to be an environmentalist after the world's ended. Callum and his crew come up against pirates, rebels, murderers, and thieves as they struggle to remain noble toward their cause. Can you save a planet that's already doomed?
2: Talk about a long solicit.
0: Take note, Marvel. Brian Wood has been one of my favorite writers for a long time now. His recent work on Conan, Northlanders, and the incredible DMZ, which just ended recently over at Vertigo, are excellent reads and well worth checking out. One of the things he's really become known for in books like Demo, which is another great series he wrote, where his character studies, much like his his work on Northlanders and Conan, also very much fit in this character study class, this is a lot more story-driven. And I'm glad. It's a little refreshing. The premise is similar to the feel of DMZ, which is a story of a photographer reporting from Manhattan in the near future where the Manhattan has become a demilitarized zone between the U.S. government and the anti-government militia forces that have taken over the mainland United States. But this is an environmental apocalypse in the very near future. Like, this could be tomorrow. Sea levels have risen and swallowed cities. Tsunamis have destroyed trade routes. And Captain Callum Israel and his crew are out in the middle of the ocean on their ship, searching for their sister ship. We don't get many glimpses of the mainland other than some flashbacks showing the environmental disasters, but they're really effective. It's almost like documentary-type footage with... This narration, and we can't really tell if it is just strictly narration or if it's coming out of someone's head, Captain Callum's head or something. But it's not important. It works and it sets up the world instantly. For the most part, the story takes place at sea and would, along with artist Donaldson, do this amazing job of creating this really creepy feeling of isolation. The the crew is completely isolated in the Bering Sea, the northern part of the Bering Sea. It's gray, it's cold, it looks awful, it's foggy. This is the first I've seen of Donaldson's work, and I was blown away by the level of draftmanship. This guy perfectly realizes the ship from the dials down to the cranes that are holding the life rafts. and. It, everything looks beautiful but he's not just a talented draftsman each of the characters in this book are perfectly humanized without wearing ridiculous costumes or having stupid haircuts or dumb facial tattoos which are all tricks used by artists who aren't so good at drawing unique characters Dave Stewart is supplying the colors here, and as usual, Dave Stewart is amazing, using shades of orange and brown for the flashbacks, and coloring the deck of the ship in these cold grays to make each scene feel wet and bone-chilling cold. The conversations in the main cabin are all backlit with green, giving it this very technical, almost like naval submarine feel. They do such a fantastic job, the whole team, putting this together and giving it this captain and crew feel it's they're not a military unit But they very much carry themselves like the sea shepherds who, on uh, Whale Wars, who are out fighting the Japanese whalers. Like
2: the (laughs) Mudcats.
0: Not so much like the Mudcats.
2: Catching oaky cats with their
0: bare hands. Not so much like that. Wood's dialogue is excellent as usual, and he's certainly done a ton of homework in writing a very believable ship captain and crew. This is a huge premise with a mystery at its core, which is the missing ship, but he still manages to inject... Enough humanity to make us care and really worry about some of these characters. They're building on the fact that Callum is sort of this hippie environmentalist guy who may not belong in this new world where things have kind of gone to crap. And one of his shipmates, who is also, I think, romantic love interest, they kind of hinted
2: at it. Yeah, they said that the crew knows about him, but they try to keep it discreet.
0: She understands very much so that they are going to have to change their ways. And if that means sometimes they have to kill people to do it, to stay alive and protect themselves, that's how it's going to have to be. And it's better off that the captain just doesn't know about it because she understands he might not have that in him. This is a wonderful book. And I'm really looking forward to more of it. I cannot believe Christian Donaldson's art this is like gorgeous breakout talent watch for this guy because he's so damn good as usual brian wood puts together a perfect team for a book
2: buy this it was amazing i loved it i am a fan of brian wood's i haven't read all of his work like i have not read dmz i haven't read a lot of his more politically skewed works i guess uh, not for lack of interest, I just haven't gotten around to them. But this really hooked me. I absolutely adored it, and for 350, it is a yeah. huge package—40
1: pages, Hey-o. I believe.
2: It is a huge
1: package. It's a massive
2: package. Hey, it just felt like a really dense, long read. It took me a long time to read it, and not in like a boring way. No. I really got something out of it when it was over. I loved it. Yeah, really
0: well-researched, well-written, well-packaged, well-colored,
2: everything. Just great stuff. Huge buy it from me.
1: As always, we want to know what you Dimension
0: Hopping environmentalists thought of these comics, so let us know how decompressed and liberally biased our reviews were over at our Facebook page. Tornado season in the Midwest, which means it's time for Joe to put on his red tornado costume and me to grab my snazzy Texas Twister cowboy outfit and then go put the herd on some trailer parks with our cyclonic powers, creating wind speed strong enough to throw a burnout Trans Am into an above ground pool. All the while, reviewing 10 comics in a ludicrous speed round classified as an F5 by the National Weather
1: Service. Ludicrous speed, go! It is done. Bad Medicine, number
2: one, from Oni Press. Number one and number two of this series both came out on the same day, and I only read number one and did not care enough to read number two. Really? Yep. It's not that it was bad, or I just didn't care. They didn't hook me, which I guess means it's a leave it for Mm,
1: me. Too bad.
2: Panther number one from Dynamite Entertainment.
0: Brandon Jirwa does...
2: Talking about massive. There
0: we go, buddy. Brandon Jirwa does his derndest to write an intelligent dialogue and craft a poignant story about illegal immigration, but it's really hard to take it seriously when your main character is a busty, dark-skinned babe wearing a thong panther
2: bikini. Leave it. (laughs) Invincible, number 92 from Image Comics. I recently got all caught up on Invincible. I had let myself slip way behind... And I am loving it. I'm loving it now more than I ever have. Is it still Black Vincible? It is. It's still Black Vincible. <laughs> uh, Mark, the main invincible, is recovering from a terrible virus. And right in this issue, we're starting to get the story of what happened when Monster Girl and Robot disappeared for a period of time. And it is awesome. I'm giving it a huge buy it. This is Ryan Otley and Corey Walker. Radical Radical Before Watchmen Silk Spectre Number 1 from DC Hats off to Amanda Connor Who drew the hell Out of
0: this comic This is the best art I have ever seen From her It was like Career making performance Beautiful Beautiful Darwin Cook does an excellent job with the story and the dialogue here, showing us the history of the young Silk Spectre before Watchmen is officially
2: two for two by this. I really liked it. We'll see what happens next week. I know. Kiss, number one, from IDW. You wanted the best, (laughs) and you got this. You got the return of
0: Kiss in the 20s. (laughs)
2: This is like the 8,000th turn for Kiss as comic book characters, and it is not Really good. (laughs) Go figure. I would argue that Kiss is one of those
0: properties that cannot be well written. (laughs) It it is impossible.
2: It's uh, IDW's Chris Ryall and Jamal Igle. Why, Jamal? Super nice guy, Jamal Eigel. Like Matt said, it's Kiss in the 20s for some reason in Prohibition era. And uh, God leave it it's too stupid to even comment on planetoid number one from image writing drawing
0: inking and coloring Ken Garing does it all here and he nails it this is a fun little sci-fi story about a space pirate trapped on a sentient junk planet it looked good it read well there's a fun mystery buy this this is a great comic image is doing kick ass work Help this guy out. Put some money in his pocket. Go
2: buy this. Ultimate X-Men 13 from Marvel Comics. It's a big week for Brian Wood. He's all over the place. This is the second of three comics that were released this week with his name attached to him. I have not read Ultimate X-Men since... Four, dude. Conan came out this week, too. Holy crap. Damn it. Well, then, third... Second of three debuts from Brian Wood. Fair enough. It was really good. I haven't been following it, but the recap page got me right where I needed to be. Apparently... The southwestern part of the Ultimate Marvel Universe is totally f***ed. What? Yes. It was invaded by a sentinel army and the president just, like, ceded control. To an occupying force. Whoa. Yeah. It, I loved it. Great art by uh, Paco Medina. Yes. Uh, buy and, it.
0: And now Wood is the regular writer on this one.
2: It was really great. Uncanny X Force 26 from Marvel.
0: Phil Noto is on our duties here and reminding me why I love him so much. Writer Rick Reminder has made Phantom X one of the most interesting X characters in the Marvel U even more so than possibly the main storyline that's going on. The unbeatable bad guy with unlimited resources story is starting to get a little repetitive here, but I still really like it. It's a very fun book. Buy it.
2: Did they explain why, like, Omega Red was making Wolverine all fat?
0: Yeah, he was (laughs) infecting him with super lupus. Oh, God. It was
1: disgusting.
0: (laughs) X-Men 30 from Marvel Comics.
2: Uh, This is the third of three debut issues from Brian Wood. I really liked the character stuff. Not so much the action stuff. I feel like they're building towards something. Maybe. I just found it kind of pedestrian. To be honest with you. I did not. Um but these the scenes with the X-Men just standing around talking. Yeah, you know what? I mean that's the stuff I liked.
0: This was is the issue that made me realize how good I think Brian Michael Bendis will be on the X-Men, because that care that level of characterization just has not been there.
2: Sure. And well, at the very least it's a market improvement from the Absolutely. Victor Gishler X-Men. <laughs> See ya Vic. Um but Say I'm, hi to Chuck Austin for me. Oh man. And <laughs> don't forget to wave to Frank D'Herry. <laughs> i am giving it a skimmit, but I did really like the character stuff. The spider, number two from Dynamite. I think it's just spider.
0: David List is doing an excellent job writing a very complicated character with the spider. He's also doing a really nice job knocking down racial boundaries with the spider's sidekick, who is an Indian dude that wears a turban. But other than that, nothing Indian about it. Like total American He's just celebrating and a badass his culture. Yeah. The, this story develops a, the villain who is Anaput, an Egyptian woman who has a fantastic backstory and really makes the reader care about the villain for a change. There is no mustache twiddling here. There's very solid art. The spider is a very successful golden age makeover.
2: Buy this. I loved the spider number one. It I liked was it. Really good. I liked it better than the shadow. So I'm excited to read it. Ooh, I think I still like the shadow better. Eh.
0: That is your ludicrous speed round. And is a sound that Pantha makes when she's in her panther form and fixing to rip the face off some white supremacist.
2: Is she still wearing that bikini when she's in her panther form? No, but she does have a fun little,
0: like, bejeweled collar. Like Jaja Gabor would put on her tabby cat, you know? meow, meow,
1: meow, 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 meow.
0: Before we retire to the Sanctum Sanctorum, Joe, why don't you read me another answer to the question
2: of the week? We've got a couple of good ones here, a little off the beaten path. Oh, wow. Our good buddy Jared says he would like Chris Roberson to take a crack at it since he's obviously looking for a job. He's got
0: some free time.
2: Uh, He'd bring a wild Vertigo-style edge to them straight-laced Avengers. Hey, I don't know if I uh, would, like, dig that on an ongoing basis, I'd like but... to see
0: some more from Roberson first. Like, I'd like to see him tackle any type of team book first to see how yeah. it goes off.
2: Aaron Myers, the King of Ask Nerd, says, My dream would be a young writer like Brandon Graham or Joe Keating, guys who are still fresh to the industry and are hungry to reinvigorate core series like The Avengers.
0: Joe Keating, who's on Glory.
2: Glory. Yeah. That's a super interesting idea.
0: I don't hate that at all. And, you know, honestly, I think the DC relaunch would have been even more fun had they just gone nuts. Had they gone totally nuts and given it to guys like that and be like, hey, Joe Keating, write us Wonder Woman. I want to see Wonder Woman tear Superman. It would have been
2: interesting (laughs) for sure. And I'm not saying I wouldn't like it, but that's not to
0: say that Wonder Woman falls down. It's a great book, but I mean, just throwing talent like that into the mix—I don't hate that idea at all. It's
2: hard in the long term to suggest somebody unproven, you know, that where you just don't know. But I mean, they have to get the experience. Those are great names, and I like everything Joe Keating and Brandon Graham are doing right now. Absolutely, those are good suggestions, guys. Join us in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum where Matt and I join our friend Lance Armstrong in smoking the non-performance-enhancing heart-shaped herb. No, sir. Borrowed from the Wakandan royal family by the mystically enslaved disembodied ghost of disgraced avenger Dr. Druid. (laughs) It's getting crazy. Wow. (laughs) which will not improve our Tour de France time, but will allow us to commune with the Panther God to reveal the secrets of next week's comics.
1: It's true. We will not finish any faster than we should have. (laughs) Matt, what will you be reading next week? Next week, I'm excited for Mars Attacks, number one, from IDW, written by Chew writer John Lehman, with art by John McRae. There's no reason why this book can't be hilarious fun. I love John McRae. And I think putting those two guys on it, man, that's going to be a great mix. I hope they're drunk when they write and draw it. (laughs) Joe Patrick, what are you reading?
2: I'm eager to read New Avengers, number 27, from Marvel Comics. I know that we have been lukewarm on Brian Michael Bendis in the past, but I have really been enjoying... Man, this Iron Fist business. The Iron Fist tie-in to the Phoenix Force. Yeah, the way,
1: like, Davos and all those guys knew it was coming. The Thunderers, like, well, saw that coming. It's
2: (laughs) been really compelling and I am always, always, always eager for more of the Iron Fist mythos. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Lance, what are you reading next week? Calm down. Yeah. I know it's been rough, but you need to... Change. Buddy,
1: just take it easy. Dial it back, Of course, we want to know what you nerds are reading, so be sure to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and let us know. Skits are good
0: for ratings. There you go. Watch how they be walking, because even the toughest nerds
1: be knocking, trying to strike a bargain, hoping they might get pardoned. Mamas! Hide your drug-addled crack babies, because the comic
2: pushers are back! This week, a rat soup-eaten homeless comic junkie named at Critic writes the comic pushers via Twitter. I'm thinking of getting my 54-year-old dad a graphic <laughs> novel for Father's
0: Day. He sounds very studious.
2: He's not into comics, but reads a lot. He's into Hitchcock films, Lord of the Rings, the Marvel movies, West Wing, Sherlock Holmes, and historical fiction. Any ideas?
0: Being as it's Father's Day, this is a perfect question. Happy Papa's Day to everybody. Yeah. And what a better gift than comics, man. If your old man is into stuff like this, I would totally go for X Machina from Wildstorm. It might just be DC now. It did not tie in to the Wildstorm universe whatsoever. This was written by Brian K. Vaughn with art by Tony Harris, the amazing Tony Harris, I might add. Amazing Tony Harris. It was a 60-issue series, so it's over. You can get him the whole collection or just get him started. It's very, very Aaron Sorkin dialogue. This is the story of a mayor of New York with superpowers. And I'm not going to give you the hook, but something happens in the end of the first issue that made me drop the book. While I was reading it. And it was one of the ballsiest things in the world at the time because what they were referencing was still very raw and still very fresh. Pick up X Machina for your dad. It is fantastic stuff. Joe Patrick, what would you suggest?
2: Before you all leap to your keyboards to correct Matt, he swears up and down that Brian K. Vaughn told him it was pronounced X Machine. He
0: didn't tell me. He said it in an interview, and uh-huh. he said it's a play on words. And it makes sense because the main character's name is The Machine. It's a
2: stupid play on words. And he quit
0: <laughs> being The Machine to be the mayor. X machina
2: uh, that's stupid brian k vaughn I, like I love it. you but that's it works. stupid my suggestion to next door critic would be any of the dynamite entertainment sherlock holmes books
0: yeah they've been so good uh,
2: especially sherlock holmes year one by scott Beatty and daniel indro yeah the, it man they're just phenomenal stories and if your dad likes Both historical fiction and Sherlock Holmes, these books would be right up his alley. I think he would really dig them. I would
0: also say Secret History from Archaea. It's a long-running series, and there's a lot of it out there. It's one of those books where I've only read a very small amount of it, but it's very well-researched, very well-written, and extremely deep. If he's into, like you said, he's into historical fiction, I think he would love this stuff, and it's a book that I need to catch up on. Several people have yelled at me for not being caught up on that one. Well, Next Door Critic, let us know if your dad digs on any of these suggestions. And if you've got your arm tied off and a vein just waiting to have a highly addictive comic series pumped straight into it, send us your list of favorite TV shows, movies, books, colors, food, whatever, and the comic pushers will gladly ruin your life with a comic addiction so powerful you won't ever be able to kick it. Before we call it a day, why don't you give us a couple more responses to the question of the week? That one looks chunky. Who wrote that?
2: John Luttrell.
0: John Luttrell. That guy's insane. That's John from Burt Wieners, for those of you who don't know. So we probably can't read
2: any
1: of it due to content issues. <laughs> this is a clean podcast, after all.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to paraphrase because he's got like the first three years of the story all plotted out. Whoa. Uh, but John suggests getting somebody like Mark Draco to come on with art by somebody like Brian Hurt from The Sixth Gun. Ooh. Make it m- more focused on the varied, not just the rock stars of the superhero set, but... The Avengers is a vast roster. How come there aren't more stories about the Texas Twister, for example?
0: I totally... Okay, here's the thing. I agree with that, but I don't think you do that in the mainstream Avengers book. I would like to see an Avengers rotating cast book.
2: Well, what John is suggesting is that you make the Avengers a bi-weekly title with one week focusing on the Avengers, and then the next issue focusing on like a a one-shot that kind of runs parallel, you know, so it rotates on that.
0: From a different character's point of view. Yeah, maybe. I like it.
2: So, rotating a creative team, rotating characters. I like it. Running parallel to the A story.
0: And that's the other side of it, getting creative teams that you would not normally ever see. That Maybe that's where you could fit in, like, a guy like Brandon Graham or Joe Keating. That would be awesome, Give like, a series
2: like that. That'd be really cool. And our final response comes from our buddy John Bunger, who says... My favorite team book in a while, besides the BPRD books, was Secret Six. So I would enjoy seeing Gail Simone hop over to Marvel and write The Avengers.
0: Seeing as she's being completely wasted right now at DC. Kinda. She really is. And I love Gail Simone, but Batgirl is not doing it for me. And I don't necessarily think it's her fault. I think there's some heavy editorial stuff going on.
2: I don't know, man. But that is... (laughs) Conspiracy! These last two were... Really good examples of kind of out of the box suggestions. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, if you really want to reinvigorate and breathe life into a franchise, you got to get some new blood in there. As much as I love Hickman and I really want to read Hickman's Avengers. Oh, it's going to be great. I would really love. Either of these suggestions, you know, at least I would like to see them try it.
0: Gail Simone riding the Texas Twister. Oh,
1: my God.
2: <laughs> give it to <laughs> me now. what we need is forget the Avengers, just give us the Texas Twister ongoing. <laughs> Absolutely. By Gail Simone with art by... Adrian Siam. John Luttrell. <laughs>
0: I, I was even a little higher there. I went for Adrian Saif. Sorry.
2: <laughs> sort of break it break it down like this. That is it
0: for the unofficial Mostly Brian Wood slash Father's Day edition of the Two-Headed Nerd. If you're still on Speaking terms with your old man, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, where your star ratings and short reviews could help us get onto the iTunes Top 10. And there is nothing that would make my father prouder. Steve Bomb. Steve Bomb.
2: Huge thanks to all of our donors, and if you'd like to keep us in good standing with our abusive fathers, you can make your donation in any amount you, Dad. By clicking our donate button at TwoHeadedNerd.com. I love you, Dad.
0: While you're there, you can find links to our Twitter feed and our email, twoheadednerd at gmail.com, where you can send us your love slash hate mail or the comic that you would like to have us review, because we do that and none of you have done it yet. And please
2: send us something for the THN mascot competition. Please. We have two entries. To be fair, we have gotten several emails from guys that do stuff on the web to review, which is great, That's and awesome. I appreciate it, That's but awesome. it's really hard to read webcomics on the toilet.
0: It's true. Not if you have an iPad.
2: I don't own an iPad. I I'm really sorry, Tony Doug right? The, the iPad you're iPad.
0: using right now was on the toilet with me God not less than 30 <laughs> minutes ago.
2: Remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page if you want to get in on the new Question of the Week discussion. I really liked it. I thought that went I really well. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Watch for another question next Friday morning, I promise. We'll have it figured out before 1 o'clock in the afternoon this time.
0: To be fair, we had it figured out by 11. You didn't post it before 1. I
2: was busy. Before we go. Some of us have jobs. Oh,
0: yeah. I wasn't doing crap. Our weekly shout-out goes to at Keith P.M. Silva, who actually records sound for a living and contacted me to tell me you're doing it wrong. Word to you, Keith, and sorry, but the Dragon Force stays. You go. No, I'm kidding. Thank you. I now have a better idea how to make it work. Hopefully, this episode's going to sound a little better. We got new mics. We got a new board. This is a learning process. I don't have anyone to teach me because I don't have any friends outside of Joe Patrick, and that dude doesn't know Until next time, true believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. Happy Father's Day.
2: Happy Brian Wood Day.
0: Happy Brian Wood Slash Father's Day.
2: I have this dream that I'm
1: hitting my dad with a baseball bat, and he is screaming and crying for help.
0: And maybe halfway through it has more to do with me killing him than it
1: ever did protecting myself. And I believe that, yeah, dad, maybe no one is perfect, but I believe you are-